US bond yields are pushing even higher, but so are Aussie yields. Why? Well, we all think central banks will be doing more to counter inflation. Strange today, then, that European equities don't seem to be too fussed about it as the eurozone inflation number picks up further and the ECB minutes sounded fairly hawkish. Uh, we get US, US ISMs today and Aussie housing. Uh, we got approvals down yesterday. What about home loans? They're out today. And China, we have a bit on that as well. It's Friday, the 3rd of March, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, having broken through 4% yesterday, 10-year treasuries have just kept on going up 7 basis points to 4.07% now, closer to 4.1% earlier. The common number for Europe is 4. 10-year yields up 4 basis points, just about everywhere you look in Europe. Aussie 10-year yields up 8 basis points yesterday, up to 3.87%, but up to 3.94% on futures, so rising sharply. And the Aussie dollar down 0.4% this morning, down to 67.3 US cents with the US dollar up half a percent on the DXY. Other losers today with the pound and the euro down 0.7%, the yen down 0.4%. Shares were down quite a bit in the United States, but a last-minute race to the finish line with the Dow up 1%, the S&P 500 and NASDAQ up 0.7%, and all up up in Europe as well. Despite those uh, inflation concerns, the Eurostoxx 50 is up 0.6%, the FTSE 100 up 0.4%. And we have the return of Ray Atrell, from NAB in Sydney. So while you've been away, Ray, well, it's been more of the same, more from the Fed, talking about higher rates for longer. Uh, and we're seeing that in bonds. No real indicators to, you know, d- dissuade people from that opinion. The word pivot hasn't been used by anyone for, for weeks now. No, that's right. Yeah. Good morning, uh, Phil. And uh, nice to be back. And, you know, I think it's just sort of, it's, it's sort of death by a thousand cuts, I think, isn't it? As far as the, the bond market is concerned and how that's feeding through to generally softer equity markets and the you know, further rise that we're seeing in the US dollar. Um, as you say, a little bit surprising that um, European equities did as well as, as, as they did because mm. there's really two culprits, I think, for the latest backup in in yields globally, and particularly in the US. We have those eurozone um, inflation numbers. Now, obviously, sort of upside risks have been flanked by some of the, the country data early in the week, but um, that core CPI reading for February at 5.6%, up from 53 the sort of official, yeah. if you like, median expectation was 5.3%. Uh, the headline number, 8.5, down from 8.6, but that's still about two-tenths stronger than was expected at the start of the week. But perhaps actually more disconcerting and not normally a number that, that really resonates with markets has been the revised um, US Q4 numbers on unit labour costs. Now, when they yes. were first uh, published a few weeks ago, um, they were 1.1% at an annualised rate, very benign, effectively. Um, yeah. They revised to 3.2%. That's pretty dramatic yeah. upward revision. It is, and the expectation was just 1.6%, wasn't it? No, so absolutely. it was a big upside surprise. Yes, yes. so yeah, and then sort of backing that out in terms of what it means for implied productivity in the US economy, um, mm. you know, that was reported at effectively 3%, and it's now down to, what, just 1.7% at an annualised rate. So, um, you know, that's actually, you know, very significant revisions and, and, and actually quite material, I think, in, in the scheme of things, you know, or maybe they'll get revised, uh, revised away um, in, in three or four weeks time. But uh, but as far as the US bond market is concerned, I would probably point to them over the Eurozone CPI numbers as, as the reason that we've got uh, Treasury yields sort of knocking on the door of what, 4.1, although, you know, the omens were already there yesterday during the Tokyo session, we had about a four basis point uh, rise to already above 4%. But obviously, that, mm. uh, you know, that's, uh, that's extended 
extended by four or five basis points during the European uh, morning and um, or European day and, and US morning. Yeah, well, I mean, we've come a long way as well, haven't we? So, uh, you know, if we look at that, you know, that 5.6% figure for the, for the Eurozone a year ago, it was 2.7%. And let me give you a, a couple of lines from the, the accounts from the last ECB meeting, the February meeting. Policy rates were at present barely consistent with the range of estimates for the neutral rate. Uh, another quote, members agreed that there was no signs of a wage price spiral, uh, which, of course, we're seeing in, uh, in, in the U.S. or concerning the U.S., and recognition that a better than expected growth outlook would contribute to continued inflationary pressures. So the Fed a bit more worried about jobs. They seem to be more worried about growth. Central banks pretty much everywhere are, are all in as far as, uh, as far as inflation is concerned. So, you know, I think the latest news and those, those minutes sort of just further confirm that, you know, 50 basis points at the mid-March meeting is pretty much nailed on. But if I look at the latest uh, pricing for um, the ECB's main uh, refi rate, um, we've got a full 150 basis points of additional tightening um, priced in effectively between uh, now and sort of Q3 this year. So um, absolutely be no indication as yet that the, you know, that 50 basis points are going to be the sort of, the, you know, the, the de rigueur, if you like, as far as the, at least the next couple of ECB meetings. Yeah, well, I hope it works, Ray, because, uh, you know, we're pushing up rates and it's it, we're getting slow to see a response. And in fact, if we look at uh, just talking about jobs, the, those jobless claims, I mean, I, I know, you know, they come every week, so we can't get too excited about them. But I mean, they're just not going down, are they? The average four week claims is, you know, down 2000. Whoopie do. No, absolutely. So they're stuck there. I mean, you know, if you want to sort of take a, you know, the other side of the argument, I suppose it would be that, well, claims at least aren't trending down anymore. And the, the sort of the counter arguments to, to whether they're giving a really accurate picture of, of just how strong the labour market is, is we've been talking sort of almost ad nausea about the, the so-called challenger grey you know, layoff series, uh, and they've been trending sharply higher, um, you know, and then trying to sort of reconcile the two, you could argue, well, um, you know, companies announce layoffs as obviously have been, you know, uh, very, very common in the tech sector in particular, but it actually takes quite a long time to actually implement those job cuts. And it's not until people have actually lost their job that they start, will start to show up in a rising claim. So, you know, there's still reason to think that the claims will be trending higher, but... Um, uh, and, and Unless the labour market is so tight that they quickly find another job and they don't show up in those uh, Well, that's, that's, that's the real. And obviously, the, uh, the job opening numbers still suggest that's the case. So there has been some other, um, you know, less regarded numbers that are actually painting a somewhat different picture to the likes of jolts, at least anyway. But, you know, we're a week away from the, um, the February payrolls report next Friday. So um, currently yeah. the expectation <laughs> is that uh, we're going to see a dramatic fall in non-farm payroll growth, but it's still going to be something around 200,000, which, uh, you know, you still say is a pretty healthy, um, healthy rate of growth. So, um, you know, well, that's uh, it. I mean, the we're going to see yeah. a response to that, aren't we? Whichever way, whatever that number Absolutely. is, we're going to see a response to it. So ahead of that, though, the services ISM for the US today. I mean, this has been marked. Uh, you know, it's had a it itself had quite a marked impact on markets the last couple of months, hasn't it? No, absolutely. So it is uh, It is the current, uh, what I would call the glamour stat as far as uh, so far this year, if you think that it was the, you know, it was the weakness or the plunge below 50 in the December reading in January, and then the, you know, the sharp reversal up to above 55 in the, um, the early February reading that actually is probably responsible or more responsible than any other single um, data point that we've had this year in the US. 
for the extreme volatility, the bond market rally that we saw in January uh, and the reversal of that in, in, in February. So I'm very, very keen interest in those numbers. But also thinking about mm. that manufacturing ISM uh, report that we had earlier in the week, although the headline was a little bit weaker, it was the strength of the prices paid subseries that actually did most of the uh, most of the damage, if you like, to bond market sentiment. So I think as well as the, yeah, the headline well, number, which is expected yeah, to be down a point or so, to a still pretty healthy, what, 54.4%. Um, I think that prices paid uh, subseries will be of equal interest. Well, yeah, particularly, I mean, the service sector obviously is very labour intensive. And so if we see a, a healthy rise in that service sector, then you'd expect it would have an impact on wages if we've still got that tight labour market, wouldn't you? So That's right. And, and let's not forget that services represents more than 80% of, of the US economy. So in the scheme of things, yeah. what's happening there is, is far more important than what's happening with manufacturing. Now, the China Keijin Services PMI also expected to move further into expansionary territory. Uh, so rise there, presumably. I mean, that means a healthier domestic market more than anything, doesn't it, for China, which uh, you would have thought would be good for countries exporting to them, like Australia, for example. No, absolutely. But um, although, as you know, as Ken noted on the, on the podcast yesterday, um, if you look at the, the, the official ones that, that, that came out, there were some signs it wasn't just um, domestic demand that was, that, that was driving the strength. There was some indication that... Uh, you know, foreign order books were also improving, which is sort of maybe consistent with, you know, with the notion that, um, you know, the rest of the world is not falling into a hole nearly as quickly, um, you know, as, as many analysts expected at the start of the year, for example. So, um, but yeah, we did have a, a decent rise in the official version um, earlier in the week. It was up to, what, 56.3 from 54.4. And the consensus for this Kaisin version is 54 and a half up from 52.9 in January. So uh, further evidence, mm-hmm. I think, that um, that China and it is on the up and, and probably worth noting that the National Party Congress uh, kicks off on Sunday in uh, in Beijing and uh, whether we'll get, we're not expecting any sort of major fiscal policy pronouncements, but um, it's possible we get a hint of, of what the, the GDP growth objective uh, is going to be for this year, in which case I would expect to hear that uh, that, that five five percent would be at least the minimum objective that that policymakers will be hoping to uh, to see this year right is that a meaningful figure though do they ever hit it but uh, well at, um they hit the number that they say that they want to achieve, don't they? Oh, well, so it's a very meaningful number in that case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, right. I mean, to be honest, I think that uh, the, the reality is that, uh, you know, what's most important is, is that the labour market is effectively, you know, uh, is, is achieves a sort of a level of strength, if you like, or degree of strength um, that doesn't risk, um, you know, social stability. So, uh, you know, I think ultimately it's, you know, it's things like the, you know, the, the health of the labour market, but, um, you know, obviously that you know, there's, there's difficult to resist putting some sort of GDP growth number uh, out there, but uh, we haven't really had that officially uh, or nailed on numbers very much. They're sort of soft growth targets, but uh, so whether we hear anything on Sunday, um, you know, watch this space. Yeah, background story that's brewing is also that the US uh, House Foreign Affairs Committee has voted for a ban on TikTok. They want it to be gone from all mobile devices in the US. My understanding is that with that vote, if the president wants to push it through, he can and ban TikTok or other foreign-owned applications if he wanted to, and uh, including sanctions on companies that have ties with TikTok. I mean, we've been, you know, talking about this for for a long time, but, uh, I mean, that would have an impact on relations, but also with the tech sector. We'll see how that one emerges. Let's let's talk about Australian housing now. So dwelling approvals fell 
27.6% in January. We've discovered that yesterday. Apartments down 40.8%, but of course they were up a lot in December. So this is month to month uh, for one month. It could bounce back unless people are really worried about interest rates, of course. No, absolutely. But uh, I mean, you know, we probably, we, you know, we are cautioning a little bit about sort of taking the numbers too literally, given the extreme volatility. Um, although it was notable mm. that it normally it's when we get those sort of big month on month changes, it's driven by the, the volatility in the apartments sector. But um, in yesterday's numbers, we also had some surprising weakness in, you know, detached house approvals. Um, but in terms of just being a little bit cautious, um, I think last um, last January, for example, we had a 14 percent monthly fall, which was fully unwound the following month. But um, there's no doubt that the trend is still down, but probably not quite as well, well down from two as, years ago, um, aren't we? No, absolutely. I mean, but um, um, so, you know, so certainly, you know, certainly in, in, in the box of, of, of negative housing market uh, numbers. And we'll get uh, data on home loans uh, today for January. Today. And we're looking for loan commitments to, um, they were what, down just over 4% in December, which was the 11th consecutive monthly decline and lowest level since what, October 2020. Uh, and we do expect that trend to continue. So uh, um, uh, the economists have penciled in, I think, a 3% fall for January. So also we get the uh, the uh, ANZ New Zealand uh, consumer confidence number. It was up in January, of course. Will that continue? We get uh, Tokyo's February CPI and the nationwide unemployment figures for Japan and uh, also the, the final PMIs, those global PMIs for the UK, the Eurozone, the US and so forth forth uh, i mean their final numbers uh, i guess if they if they etch upwards which we you know we have seen quite a few revisions lately there might be a bit of a reaction to that but those inflation numbers for japan are going to be interesting aren't they given that you know no apparent change in in policy from the from the bank of japan so far no that's right but uh, but we <coughs> excuse me we are going to see some favorable base effects from from energy prices so we're looking for sort of headline mm. and you know and next fresh food numbers to maybe come down from you know the low fours to as low as as three percent but i think that the key number will be this what we call the core core which is x food and energy and that's actually expected to tick up i think about a, a tenth of a percent from three to three point one so um you know on, on that basis that um you know no real evidence of underlying inflation pressures uh, coming off at this stage but obviously the you know the official bank of japan line and we've already heard it from the uh, the new governor elect mr Uwe, that um, there's still nothing to see and that, that for the time being they still, and still they see that evidence of you know wages growth north of, of, of 3% then um, the, the strength that we're seeing in, in headline and even core inflation rates is, is not going to be sustained so, Alright, um, watch with interest Good to talk, good to have you back Ray and in fact uh, we're so glad to have you back we're going to talk to you again on Monday morning so uh, have a good weekend and we'll see you at the end of it Will do, look forward to it, thanks Phil And that's it for this week for the Morning Call I'm Phil Dobby for NAB, see you on Monday